Thanks for downloading this episode of Cork Talk with me, Tim Atkin. A weekly conversation with some of the most famous people in the world of wine. This podcast is brought to you in partnership with Nomacork by Vinventions. Driven by a commitment to innovation, the new plant-based Nomacork Green Line offers significant improvements in wine closure performance. Thanks to a rigorous oxygen ingress rate, you can decide which cork is best for your wine, whether it's for young and fresh wines or for those with ageing potential. Isabel Salgado grew up in Madrid, but has always had a special relationship with Galicia, a region where she's made wine for the last 28 years, specialising in Albariño. Listen to us chat about the grape's origins, personality and remarkable ageing potential, the soils and sub-regions of the Rias Baixas Denominación de Origen, and why having their own vineyards makes such a big difference at Bodegas Fiaboa. Hello, Isabel, how are you? Fine, team. Hello. <laughs> L- lovely to be talking to you. Where are you? You, you're, you must be somewhere in Galicia on the coast, maybe. Are you yes. lucky? Yes, I'm the coast. I'm in Play America at home and with a sunny day and very, very good. Thank you. And you? I mean, Galicia is a nice place to be in the summer because at least you get some some breezes from the Atlantic, right? Yes, of course. Yes, yes, yes. We are very close to the Atlantic Ocean and with uh, good weather like today, it's amazing. And nothing like Madrid where you were brought up, right? No, Madrid is so so hot today. Uh, Maybe 40 degrees or Celsius is is unbearable for me. I do prefer to stay here in Galicia. Yes, the, the weather is much better. Yes. I don't, I, I don't blame you. Listen, I want to talk a little bit, because I know you were born in Madrid, as we said. I just yeah. want to know whether you came from a, from a wine-making family and what your earliest memory of wine was, really. Yes. No, I don't uh, come from a, um, a, wine ma- a wine-making family. My father's, my parents were really enthusiastic about gastronomy and, and uh, about wine. But uh, since I was uh, quite young, I, I started drinking very good wines and uh, having good, uh, fine food. So it's, this is my first uh, contact with wine. And it's, it's because then when I studied in university, I uh, chose uh, to, to study viticulture and enology. But I think that my parents uh, had a, a very big influence on it. On, on you, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's interesting that I think children in Spain are brought up drinking wine, aren't they? I mean, sometimes mixed with water, but, you know, it, 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 it's part of the culture, really. Whereas in England, I think it's not. Yeah, maybe here is, when, well, in Galicia also they gave wine with, uh, with sugar and to the, to the child sometimes. Yes, yes, here in Galicia it was typical. In the towns, yes, in the village. <laughs> They gave interesting, yes, interesting, yes, <laughs> but it's well, maybe a little bit. I mean, not yeah. not a lot, but they 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 they, yeah. they gave they, they wanted to, to try, I mean, to the children, mm. yeah, they didn't yes. want to make them, you know, alcoholics or addicted. <laughs> yeah. But, but when, when, when did you decide you wanted to be an enologist? Was that something you, you wanted to do in your when you were a teenager? No. No, not really. No, no, no. I started uh, studying agricultural engineering in when I uh, start my, started started my degree, and then when I was studying there, uh, it was the possibility to to specialize in viticulture and enology, and it was a master in fifth grade because 
the people we were studying agricultural engineer, we were allowed to study the, this master before finishing the, the degree. Other people in other universities, they have to finish the degree and study the master. But for us, it was in fifth grade. We, we, we studied six, six years. So in fifth yeah. grade, I, I decided to, 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 to study that. And then I moved to, to Italy and everything, and then to Galicia. And... I want to talk to you about Italy in a minute. But first, I just wanted to ask you, how, how many women were there on the course in those days? I mean, was it something that women were starting to do in Spain or was it still very sort of macho, really, in, no. in terms of the outlook for women wine makers? No, no, we were very few women in studying engineering. In maybe in in, uh, in agri agricultural engineering, there were more were more women than if you compare with other engineerings. But uh, we were very, very few women, and we were really maybe it was really tough for us because some teachers also uh, were not used to, to, to be with women in the classes and they, they didn't uh, believe in us to, to become, um, I mean, uh, to have this degree because they thought it was a, um, a degree for men. I mean, uh, this happened in Spain when I started in 1984. When I started, yeah. it, it was like that. It, it was very difficult. If you yeah. studied law or or economy, it was different. They were more mm. used to 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 stay with women studying these 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 subjects, but not in in our in our subjects mm. like agricultural. Or... So you were a bit of a you a bit of a pioneer in a way, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes, a little bit. Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, I mean, I mean, you studied there, and and then you went off to Turin, right, uh, in 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 the northwest of Italy, basically. Yes. I just wonder what took you to Italy, and and what did you learn there? Did you go there to do your studies or to make wine, or both? No, not to make wine. No, I first in Turin, I was in the Facultad Agraria with Italo Einar, who was the the professor in charge, and I was with Vittorino Novello, who now is the the professor in the Facultad Agraria now in Turin. And they were researching uh, in, sub, in different uh, matters uh, of, uh, of, the, of the vines, of the vineyards. And I was working with Vittorino Novello in Herbaluce di Caluso. Uh, we were uh, studying photosynthesis and something related to photosynthesis in Herbaluce. And I mean, I, I was counting, uh, how do you say, uh, leaves and, and shoots. And I, it was really, I mean, uh, I was a, stu a student. So we, I, I was working in, in viticulture at the beginning. But I uh, took advantage of that, that opportunity to travel uh, uh, around Italy and visit other, other regions, also in Piemonte, of course. But also in Abruzzo or in Emilia Romagna, Tuscany, everything. That I, I visit a lot of places, yes. You came back to Spain and you went to Galicia. Just tell us a little bit because you're, you're part of your family, your father was Galician, your late father. Um, and Galicians are quite unusual, aren't they? I mean, I think there's a famous sentence. I think somebody says that if you meet a Galician on the stairs, you don't know if they're going up or down. Yes. <laughs> the Galicians have a, have a sort of special personality in Spain. Uh, tell us a bit about the Galician character. Can you tell us about that? Yes. Galician character is 
uh, humble. I mean, it's, they are not arrogant in, at all, but they are very distrustful. They are, um, I mean, uh, you need time uh, that um, when you stay when you you stay with a Galician people that get his uh, trust. O sea, they trust you. I mean, they are very uh, at the beginning. They don't trust you, and they, mm. it's like you said in the in the stairs that they they don't you don't know if and also <laughs> you ask a question, <laughs> they will they will also answer with a question. So you you will not <laughs> know anything. I mean, because you you ask a question and they ask you with another question and you you like like you are like, <laughs> what are you telling me? I mean, you don't know nothing. So they. They don't, they don't like to, to, to have strong opinions or be categorical or definitive, right? Yes, no, 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 no. They are very, I mean, <laughs> no, no. I mean, you know, I, I think you went there as a child, didn't you, on holiday to go and see your grandparents and, and with your father and mother. Yes, yes. I just wonder, was that family connection with the region that made you want to go make wine there? Yes, yes. Uh, I spent all my vacation here and I had a lot of friends and uh, my family was here. And when I finished my degree, when I finished my degree, I, I decided to come to Galicia to, to try to find a job here in, in, Sal in Rías Baixas. And when, at the beginning, it was very tough. Spain was in, in it's a period in crisis. Eh? It's, it was really tough to find a job. And... Well, I, it, I finally I I I I started in in Gran Bazán. At, at the beginning, mm. it was difficult to to find to find a job. What uh, was your first vintage? Twenty nineteen ninety four in Gran Bazán. Yeah, nineteen ninety four was a difficult time for Spain, was it? Yes, yes, it was. Mm. It was yes, mm. but I had that opportunity, and for me, it was a challenge <laughs> to start mm. there. Yes. I mean, it's interesting because the DO, the Denominación de Origen, the Appellation Control equivalent, really in Spain, had been created in 1988 in Rios Baixas. I just wonder what sort of state was the region in those days? Was Albariño already starting to become famous? Was it still making more reds than whites? I mean, what was happening in Rios Baixas at that time? At that time, uh, Rios Baixas was uh, in 1994, at, at least when I started, it was 2,500 hectares. Um, and 5,000 viticul viti wine growers and about 180 wineries. But now, for example, mm. if you compare with now, now we have um, more than 200 uh, wineries. We have uh, 5,000 wine growers also now. Mm. And at the beginning, mm. it was only uh, 200 and uh, five, uh, no, fifty hectares. O sea, a small, a small, uh, I mean, uh, surf, surface, and then uh, they, we we had a, a very small also quantity of, of wine growers and 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 wineries at the beginning. Fourteen when when Rías Baixas was founded, only there were uh, fourteen wineries at the beginning. And now it's over two hundred. Yeah. Yes, and now it's over 200, yeah. a lot of wines, a lot of brands. And were red, were red grapes important? Because I read that in the 70s, Espadero, which has almost disappeared now, was more widely planted than Albariño. Is that true? Yes, in, in the Salnes Valley and in Condado, maybe yes. Mm. 
Yes, but then uh, when Alvariño started to 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 grow and people realize what is the 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 the, the features of of Alvariño grape, they started planting Alvariño instead of red grapes. This is it has also a reason because I think this this region for red grapes is a little bit limit. I mean, in in terms of mm. of, of weather and climate, mm. because you can mm. reach ripening for for red grapes uh, sometimes, but not every year. I mean, it's difficult mm. because we have sometimes yeah. uh, very very tough uh, summers and we don't reach the the ripen for the for the whites. So for the reds, it's mm. very difficult, very difficult. Even with even with climate change, yeah. Even. Yes, I think not, not every year you can make a a, a red a red uh, wine. Otherwise, you have you have a microclimate and a a, a small. Well, I mean a, a plot special in in a place mm. that. But sometimes I think it's it's difficult for white, so for red it's, it's mm. more difficult too. It's more difficult, yeah. Yeah. I mean, can you remember when you tasted Albarino for the first time? Was it with your parents? Uh, and did you have a sense of? How important the grape would be in your life. You can't have known, can you, that you'd end up being kind of Mrs. Alberino in a way. I don't remember the first time I tasted, but I can tell you that um, I grew up with an Alberino on the table because my father uh, loved mm. that that wine, and I mean the wines were very difficult, different from that ages, but ma- mm. we 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 drank a lot of Alberino at home, so. I can't tell you a, a, a year, you, but yes. <laughs> can you can you remember? Can you remember which brands were famous then? I mean, it was the beginning, wasn't it? Really, of Albariño. A lot, a lot of wine in those days was sold in bulk, wasn't it? In in Bocoyes, yes. in, in in barrels, Bocoyes, right? Yes, and also in, in in bottles without without label. A lot, a lot of wines they mm. they, they sold they sold uh, without label. But I remember mm. Santiago Ruiz. Santiago Ruiz is one of the mm. oldest that I remember. Yeah, it's very mm. famous, and it was one of the, mm. I mean, the pioneers. I, I yeah. remember very much Santiago Ruiz, and also mm. I can remember Lagar de Cervera, too. Mm. And, mm. and from Salnes, Zarate, obviously, and yeah. another another winer, wineries from there that are very old, old too. It's interesting because because you know um, Galicia is is a um, a place where lots of pilgrim routes meet. You know, going towards Santiago de Compostela. The theory was always that Albariño might have come from somewhere else. That it was a it was related to Riesling, or it was related to I can't remember what else they thought it was. That it, that it, that it might have been I don't know Sauvignon Blanc or something. But now they haven't they found out that that, that Albariño is actually native to the northwestern part of the Iberian Peninsula. Yes, they they did not. They thought that Albariño came uh, from Germany or from the north of France. That uh, the Cluny monks brought Albariño mm. through the Camino de Santiago to Galicia, mm. and the origin of the Albariño, uh, of Albariño grape was Armenteira Monastery in Salnes. Mm. But now we we know that it, it, it is not true. We know that uh, there are some seeds here that they dated with the carbon fourteen. And they mm. discover uh, Alvariño is here since uh, the second century and the fourth century in the Roman uh, era. So, and do we is, know what its parents are? 
what were its parents? Yes. Was Caíno Blanco? Caíno Blanco parents? is the is the parent of is the father of Alvarino, and Merenzao mm. is the father of the red grapes. Of, uh, you can separate Galicia uh, in right in the east of the west. Mm. The west mm. the, the father is mm. uh, Caíno, and from for the red grapes mm. is Merenzao. Yes, this is Inter uh, interesting. So, yes. And Savignan, Savignan Blanc that you, you say, you tell, told mm. me, mm. Uh, it was a mistake. They sent uh, one plant to Madrid, to the Encine collection, and they thought it was Alvariño, and they said it was Alvariño. And then uh, the, in, in the CSIC, uh, Carmen Rodriguez, they discovered uh, a lot of, well, they discovered that it was not Savignan Blanc, it was a mistake. And also it happened with <laughs> Australia. With Australia, they send also yeah, no, plants from here, <laughs> and they yeah. thought the, that the plants were Albaño and were Sauvignon Blanc, but nothing to do. They are not, nothing to yeah. do with Sauvignon Blanc with with Albaño. Hmm. Yeah, in, 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 interesting, ever. isn't it? So, yeah. I mean, it has a very long history, in other words. Yes. But I think the, the point about it, I mean, you, where you're working is right on the on the border with Portugal. You can see Portugal across the river. Yes. Yeah? yeah. I mean, it, w could the grape have been Portuguese? I mean, it was sort of northwest Iberian in a way, wasn't it? I mean, do we know if it came from Portugal or, or, or Spain? What was, you know, what is now Spain? I think that the the, the grape it came from Spain and it spread out mm. uh, to north of of Galicia and Portugal. Mm. The, the, this mm. is what I think. Uh, it's not from Portugal. What did the Portuguese say? Mm, I don't know. <laughs> <What is Portugal? laughs> I don't know. <laughs> You're Tell us a little bit more. About, yeah, exactly. Tell me a little bit more about Rias Baixas. I mean, it, you know, it's 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 got the Atlantic of the Atlantic influence and the, and the influence of the Rias. The Rias are uh, estuaries. How, how different are the the subregions? Because there are five of them, and you've worked in mainly in two of them, haven't you? Two of the most important. Yes, I, I worked in Salnes Valley and also in Condado de Tea. Um, hmm. Yes. Uh, Rías Baixas uh, has five subregions now. At the beginning were three, were Salnes Valley, Condado de Tean Rosal, now are five, also Sotomayor and Ulla uh, mm. Valley. Always mm. they are surrounded by, by, by rivers because in, in Condado de Tea you have uh, like uh, several tributaries. Tea is the main from the Miño, but then, then you have the Deva also in one of the and the ter termes is another uh, tributary in Condado de Tea and then you have also Tamushe in, in Rosal and then you have the Umia in Salnes Valley also you have the, the Atlantic influence obviously uh, Salnes is the, has the more influence from the ocean than Condado de Tea and Rosal because, because it's very very close it's the plain, it's the plain region uh, maybe there are some slopes of 100 uh, meters, but it's very plain. Mm. And then mm. you have, uh, and there you have uh, the, the more surface of Alvarino planted. I mean, maybe it's 97% Alvarino in, in Salnes. Mm. And then you have mm. Condado de Tea, Rosal, Sotomayor, and, and Val de Ulla. And mm. there are different, different regions and with different uh, microclimates. If you go more to interior, for example, Condado de Tea is more uh, the, the, the harvest to, it takes place uh, sooner than in Salnes, yeah. for example, and sooner than in Ulla Valley because it's more north. Yeah. So this, this is yeah. very 
So, so, so the further north you go, the colder it gets, and the further west towards the Atlantic you go, the colder it gets as well, yeah? Yes. It, yeah. It, if yeah. you go to Condado de Tea, in, in, during the winter it's very cold, but during the summer it's, mm. it's warmer than, than Salnes or other, yeah. the other uh, regions, yeah. yes. So it's a bit more continental, is it? Yes, it is more continental. We yeah. are close to the Minho River yeah. on the right side. Mm. But in Condado de Tea, I mean, <laughs> yes. And what about more of Rias Baixas? Well, I can say a lot of things about the soils and everything. But Tell us about the soils. Yes, you have a different type of soils, but mostly the, the, the more important soils are, one is um, that came from the granite, the composed granite, mm. the, the mother rock, mm. And they are mm. acidic uh, or acid uh, soils, very acidic. Uh, and the granite rock is an igneous rock. And then you have mm. a little bit, but uh, less less uh, soils that came from the metamorphic rock schists. Schist, you can say mm. I don't know how to say it. schist. Schist, yeah, schist, schist is fine. Yeah, schist, yes. Yeah, <laughs> and they are they are uh, soils with more clay. Uh, more heavy, but very good for uh, to grow albariño and, and and red grapes. They are very very good. That soils also. And, and do, do granite soils give you a, diff, a different style? Do they give you wines with more acidity? I think so. I think so. Also, the these have more sand, and the drainage is better. And in the other mm. other types, uh, you have. Uh, more the, the water is retained more than in the other ones because they are more sandy. Interesting. Yes. Okay. I mean, before we get on to talking about your wines in a bit more detail, I just wanted to ask you a bit about about women winemakers because I mean, it's amazing the number of top women winemakers in Rio Spices, Probably, I think more than in any other region in Spain. I mean, yeah. I, I, somebody told me historically it's because men were often at sea. And therefore, women worked in the fields and worked in the vineyards and worked in the wineries. Is, is that true? Is that the reason why there are so many female winemakers, do you think? I think uh, it's a coincidence. Um, it's random that we are... It's, it's true that we are a lot of winemakers here, but I think it's coincidence. But what you said about uh, Galician women is true because a lot of men uh, went in, up, on board in, in the ships to fish and the women uh, were uh, on charge of the family and the small plots that they have, because Galicia is a place with a lot of uh, small plots we call minifundio, small, small, uh, I mean, uh, minifundio. I don't know how to say this in English. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah you, I mean, small, small holdings, really. Small holdings. Yeah. And in each yeah. small holding, they have, a vineyard, they have potatoes, they have tomatoes, they have a pig, they have a, maybe a cow. And also they practice the, the self-supply agriculture that they mm. eat from this that they have. And also they, they, have, mm. they make wine mm. for, for, for themselves. So this is true in, in that sense. But I don't think that mm, winemaking women uh, here are in, in, in great number or more in a number uh, superior in if you compare with other regions for that <laughs> i don't think mm. so it's a, a no, it's coincidence interesting, isn't it? yeah 
I mean, you mentioned these small holdings, these minifundios. Is that one of the reasons why people grow the grapes on, on pergolas, uh, historically, the parales, yeah? Yes. So yes. these high-trained vines. Was that so they could grow other things underneath or have the sheep, yeah. I don't know, or the pigs or whatever underneath? Yes, you are yeah. right. Yes, they yeah. have the pergola, the parra, the pergola. Mm. In mm. Galicia, we call parra. Mm. And uh, mm. inside, you have uh, the potatoes and the tomatoes and everything and the, mm. and the hens, the hens, they have... Mm. Yes, and <laughs> yes, <laughs> and this is true. This is true. And it, is that a good way to grow grapes? I mean, you know, wh what happens with the shading of the bunches if you have a parra, if you have a, a pergola? Yes, when I came here, when I studied in university, um, I thought uh, the, the best uh, training system was a uh, trellis, espalier. Mm. I thought that, mm. and I was like very surprised. So with they'd the be much, lo much lower vines. Yeah. Yes, lower, on wires, yes yeah. vertical and vertical, a vertical training mm. system. But mm. after working here for so long, I realized that pergola is a really good system, at least for Albaino. Yes, in, in, in Rias yeah. Baixas, maybe in other places, it doesn't uh, suit. But here, yes, yes, mm. it's a very good system. It, it, there are some reasons of that. because uh, What are those? Albaino is a very a, a strong uh, vine. It's a very has a lot mm. of uh, needs space. So uh, the pergola allows you to 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 leave uh, a lot of space, a lot of shoots, mm. and mm. to distribute all the the crop, all the I mean mm. vegetation. I use you, you can say veget mm. vegetation. Yeah. Yes, the and bunches. Yeah, the bunches. Yeah. You can you can spread very mm. very well. And you don't, mm. uh, if you have a, a trellis, you have always to, to prune and you are do, doing mm. a pruning and a green pruning because uh, it's growing a lot. It's growing a lot. Mm. And you control much more in a pergola than in a, in a trellis, mm. the, the, bigger, the, the, the bigger, the bigger, because albarino mm. is very vigorous. It's very, has a lot of a, a strength. So, so, so you said it's very vigorous. What, what, what are its other characteristics as a grape? I mean, acidity is one of them in the grape. What, what else do you find, Albarino, and your people are making it? Yes, Albarino is uh, well, has a lot of acidity because of the soil, because the soil the soils mm. here are acid. Uh, then mm. uh, it's a really fruity, aromatic. Um, it, for me, it's one of the queens of the grapes mm. in the world because yeah. it's... I mean, you can when you work with with Alvarino, is you can obtain what you want. It's always, mm. uh, I mean, it's a great grape. Mm. And also, you does have it like a oak? Of, for me, not very much. It's a grape that you know <laughs> you miss the grape. I mean, you can when you have a, a, a white wine like an Alvarino in, in oak, is could be. Um, Every grape. I mean, you don't recognize very much the variety. It could be Chardonnay or Godet or something. Yes, yeah, it, yeah. it's it's very yeah. difficult to recognize it. In, in, yeah. in, instead of making the on the lease or aging mm. in, in a stainless steel tank or in eggs, like with concrete or mm. other re recipients that, that for me mm. are much more better to, to mm. age. I mean, I, I think... It, 
people who, who are listening to this podcast probably buy Alvarino and they probably drink it very young, you know, a bit like Sauvignon Blanc in a way. Um, and yet it's amazing how well Alvarino ages. I mean, you know, I'm sure you've had way more older ones than I have, but I've had wines going back to, you know, the, 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 the end of the 1990s and things like that. Is it something that the region should talk more about, do you think, talk about the ageing capacity of Alvarino? Yes. Uh, at the beginning, nobody uh, drank uh, an Alvarino with more than a year. It was uh, all the people yeah. wanted to, to, to drink an Alvarino young. But now mm. the people is uh, getting used to, to, to drink wines uh, with more one year or two, and they are not asking for the new vintage. I, I suffer these, these things mm. because always people are Because you can sell it from November, right? Can't you? You, can ask it, you can sell it from November of the yes. same vintage. It's like Beaujolais Nouveau, yes, but it's but on I, the market immediately. I don't, I don't like to do that. I mean, if you release mm. a wine after January, January or February, is not the is the best is the best way to 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 drink a wine. No, you have to to you have to wait for wine. After Grand Bathan, you worked at Sarate for a bit, didn't you? Did you taste old ones that were made by Elogio Palmares's father? Because he was he made some great wines, didn't he? I think in the fifties and sixties. Did you taste any of those old Alvarinos? Yes, uh, once I, I tasted with with uh, Eulogio Pomade's father. Yes, 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 mm. and they are very they are fabulous. Yes, terrific. What's the oldest one you've had? Maybe fifty something. Fifty. I don't remember exactly the the year, but very very old vintage. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And it ages very well, doesn't it? It's it's amazing. Yes. Tell us a little bit about where you are now, because you've been at Fiaboa uh, for twenty four years. You're you're in Conta de Tea, yeah. So you're you're in the interior of Rios Baixas, yes. on the Minho River, looking across to Portugal. Um, just tell us about the style of wine you make there, because a lot of people in that region blend Albarino with other grapes, don't they? But you make pure Albarino, don't you? Tell us about those. Yes, I make hundred percent Albarino. We make hundred percent Albarino and. Since uh, 2000, I started to age the wine um, more well, no, on the lease, on the lease in, in, in Villa, at Villaboa. And we have 50 hectares. Villaboa is 50 hectares uh, big. And we only work with our own grapes. We, 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 uh, our, our wines are state grown. And also we make some single vineyard wines like Monte Alto. And I do believe very much in the longevity of Albariños. So I work always on the list in the stainless steel tanks. Um, mm. I think it's the best uh, way to, to age uh, an Albariño. What do, what do the lees give you? Because you're, you're aging it, the wine on the fermentation lees in the tank. Um, what do the lees give you? Do they, do they give you freshness? Do they give you texture? Do they give you both? Both. Uh, lees, uh, for the people that don't know are the, the skins of the yeast that are dead. Mm. So when mm. uh, the alcoholic fermentation uh, finished, we uh, do a racking, we move the, the, the wine mm. to another tank, and then we keep the wine with a turbidity, and that in that turbidity there are millions of, of, of yeast that are dead, and in the walls, mm. they are adding to the wine some monoproteins, some polysaccharides, and also they are protecting mm. the wine from the oxygen because they consume oxygen. Mm. So it's, mm. an amount of oxygen is in the, gets in the wine, 
the, the yeast are going to consume it. So you have to put less uh, sulfur dioxide in the wine. And also the wine is getting a lot of complexity uh, when the time is, is, is going on and it's getting more uh, texture, more mouthfeel, uh, softness. And mm. Albariño mm. is a very acid uh, wine, so it gets more, I mean, uh, softness. No? And the, the sensation, mm. the feeling changes. And also the aroma. The aroma is, and the color of the wine is incredible. The color of the wine, it, it maintains a, like a young wine. It's, it's impressive. It's incredible. It's, for me, it's amazing. That's very... It's very interesting what you're saying about the about the lees eating oxygen, so they're they're protecting the wine basically. Yeah, they're, yeah. they're, they, they're they like are. a shield. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very yeah, interesting. Yeah. Yes, yeah. we have to keep it on on on. on I mean, uh, we do batonage. It, we we detect that the the wine is cleaning, so we put uh, something inside to 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 move the lees that are on the on the bottom. Yeah, and and put on, on, yeah. in, in movement on on the wine. But in the we, we yeah. have in Pillaboa, at Pillaboa we have a stainless steel tank of a hundred, no, fifteen thousand liters. So it it takes a long time up that a particle goes to the bottom. It's, <laughs> Move. no, it's, it's moved to sorry, moves to the bottom. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Tell, tell, tell us about your top wine, which is called Finca Monte Alto, and that comes from a, a seven hectare parcel on the estate, doesn't it? What what's yes. different about that plot? Is it is it on different soils? Yes, this is uh, a plot. It is 150 meters uh, height uh, over the seaside, over the Atlantic Ocean, mm. and it's a um, very steep slope. And it's planted in in trellis. We can't uh, plant there a pergola because of the slope. It's a really steep mm. slope, and it's in pergola, and it's a bueno, amazing, amazing plot uh, to. I mean, with with seven hectares, we make fourteen thousand bottles of Selección Finca Monte Alto. We started making this wine in two thousand. At the beginning, with one year on the fine list, and now we are uh, keeping the wine two years on the fine list, two years. Mm. And I think mm. it's getting uh, uh, the best. I mean, it's uh, improving. Um, Mm. It's showing very, very, very good. I, I love it more than with with two years more than with one year. Yes, yeah, yeah. yes. And I mean, you you also work. You also make you make wine in, in, in Ribeiro, don't you? And I think also in Portugal, at least you have in the past, which is just across the river from Fiaboa. Have you made wine anywhere else? Is anywhere else you, you'd like to make wine? I don't know, Burgundy or Piemonte or somewhere like that. Yeah, I would like to. I I, I couldn't uh, make. Well, I couldn't travel. Abroad, my parents were ill in, in when I was young, mm. and I had a lot of mm. uh, pro, uh, uh, family problems, diseases, and mm. things that uh, keep kept me close to my to my family, and it was impossible. But I I want to do it, and I think uh, I can do it in the in the near future. I would like to go New Zealand, Australia, or or because I have to go to a place uh, where the harvest don't uh, coins, uh, I mean, are at the same time uh, mm. with like here. I mean, I have to go to the... Uh, you have to go to the south. southern hemisphere. Yes, yeah. yes, because otherwise yeah. it, it, I, I can multiply myself. 
So, yes, yes. <laughs> if anybody's listening, Isabel would like to do a vintage in the southern hemisphere, right? <laughs> yes, I would like to. <laughs> maybe with Alvarino, with Alvarino oh, yes. in Uruguay, yeah? Oh, maybe. Yes, I, I, I will go there. there. <laughs> if somebody wants that, I, my help, I will go there. Yeah. Don't worry. <laughs> I, so the, the couple, couple of other things I want to ask you. One is how you think Rias Baixas will develop over the next decade. Will it keep growing? I mean, the demand is huge for Alvarino, and, you know, there's only so much produced. As we've said, it's what, you know, 4,000 hectares, 4,200 hectares. It's not yes. huge, right? It's, 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 I think it's huge because we are, um, Rias Baixas is not so big. It's not a region with a lot of hectares. I mean, Galicia mm. and Pontevedra is a small province. So we, are, we have to be aware of what we have in our hands. And we have to control the yields, to control where we plant mm. albariño and other grapes. There uh, have to be places uh, good for, for, for to plant mm. uh, vines or vineyards mm. and uh, not planting everywhere. And I mean, people that want to also, they, they think also sell albariño uh, uh, without a... Uh, considering the, the quality. I think the quality, the quality. Is, yes, we have to, to keep it, to maintain it. So are some I people know. planting in the wrong place, do you think? Yes, uh, yes, I, I think so. Mm. Yes. Mm. But yeah, and, this is what and, we and have and to control. Damaged. Yes, we'll damage. Yeah, yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. If there are a small, or I mean, few people, maybe not, don't. Mm. But uh, if you, uh, I mean, planting everywhere and a lot of hectares and a lot of and high yields and we are going to to damage the deal and we mm. it's not the way i think no I, I agree with you final thing i want to ask you i mean um you're you're very busy you've got a very important job and you we haven't even mentioned the fact that you also make brandy uh, and you're involved with tasting for the do yeah you you're a very busy person i just wonder how you get away from wine do you, is wine your life or do you have other things that you like doing? You think, oh, you know, I'm going to go running or I'm going to go, I don't know, sailing or swimming or read a book or music. Yeah, I, no, I like reading very much. And I also, uh, for me, it's very important, uh, sporting. Every day I have one mm. hour if I can't. If I can, I mean, because some some days it's impossible. But if I can, I, I do a sport, uh, like exercise, uh, fitness. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I every every day because I think it's it's very good for me and I feel better if I do that if I don't. Yeah. <laughs> so I always try to to find the the moment to 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 do my sport every day and then yeah. I I love to 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 read and to stay with my friends and my family and I would like to I love to travel and if I can but now. I am focused on the harvest <laughs> now. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but and we hope that we hope we hope you can have a good harvest this year. That it's not too hot. At least Galicia is cooler than other bits of Spain. Yeah, uh, and that we'll see you soon, either in London or in Respicius. It's been yes. a pleasure talking to you. Okay. Yes, <laughs> of course. No, I am. I'm very. Uh, how do you say? Uh, hopeful about this harvest because uh, June was a really uh, bad month in terms of, of, of weather, but
But now mm. we are re recuperating or recovering, recovering, excuse mm. me, recovering uh, mm. the, this bad weather. And I hope uh, August will be also li like July and we'll have a very good mm. uh, harvest at the beginning of Fingers September. crossed. Yes, fingers <laughs> <Yeah>. crossed. <laughs> thank, thank, thank you, Isabel. See you soon. Bye, Tim. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. Fascinating stuff about one of my favourite white grapes from someone who knows as much about it as anyone. Next week on Cork Talk, my guest is the Paris-based Argentinian sommelier, Paz Levinson. See you then. Thanks for listening to Cork Talk. If you want to read more reports, articles and tasting notes by me, go to my website, timatkin.com. You can also follow me on Twitter, at timatkin, and on Instagram, at timatkinmw. See you next week.